Good morning, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Wednesday, September 30th, 2020, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 8, the bottom of the page, the fourth paragraph, starting with, My musing was interrupted by the telephone. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Arlen G., Reva P., Leon B., Alicia N., Nanar newcomer greeter, Tanya G., and our host for a second unrecorded hour, Nancy P. Thank you, everyone, for your service. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, September 29th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 15,447. That's 15447. And the 10 a.m. meeting, 15,448. That's 15448. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Alicia, Alicia N. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Alicia. Good morning, I'm Alicia N., recovered, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater in Richmond, Virginia. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much. Grateful to serve this month. Yes. 
Alicia. I will now ask for Leon B. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Leon. Good morning, Leon B. Gratefully recovered from Simpsonville, South Carolina. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting others or group, or, excuse me, other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, OA group, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, OBE's Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, OBE's Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, Leon. Appreciate you filling in. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting, again, does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying, We can't hear you. Amy, we lost you. We still can't hear you. I'm going to read the paragraph that we're supposed to read. I'm going to I'm going to keep it going right now. I'm Harlan. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
my musing, I'm at the bottom of page eight, very bottom, very last paragraph of eight. My musing was interrupted by the telephone. The cheery voice of an old school friend asked if he might come over. He was sober. It was years since I could remember his coming to New York in that condition. I was amazed. Rumor had it that he had been committed for alcoholic insanity. I wondered how he had escaped. Of course he would have dinner, and then I could drink openly with him. Unmindful of his welfare, I thought only of recapturing the spirit of other days. There was that time we had chartered an airplane to complete a jag. His coming was an oasis in this dreary desert of futility, the very thing, an oasis. Drinkers are like that. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. This paragraph is a pivotal paragraph in the history of AA, in the history of the world. Roland Hazard, a wealthy Rhode Island industrialist, in search of a remedy to his alcoholism, will seek out Sigmund Freud, and Freud's not taking any new patients. He will seek out Dr. Adler. Adler's not taking any new patients. He will end up in Geneva, Switzerland, under the care of Dr. Carl Jung. Jung will psychoanalyze him for a year. He will go to France after a year of psychoanalysis. He will go to France and t to catch a steamliner to go back to the States. He will get drunk in Paris. He goes back to Jung. Jung will tell him of the importance of the vital spiritual experience, something that he broke rank from with Freud and Adler, who believed all solution lie within the mind. Roland Hazard will go to the Oxford Group Movement in New York and meet Sam Shoemaker. Shoemaker will introduce him to Zebra Graves Jr. Zebra Graves Jr. and Roland will find, <clears throat> excuse me, they will find Ebby Thatcher in Vermont on a vacation there visiting Zebra Graves' family. And they will intervene with the judge to try to get Ebby Thatcher remanded to their care so they can take him to the Oxford group. Ebby doesn't know the problem of alcoholism. He doesn't know about the physical allergy. He doesn't know about the twist of the mind. Bill Wilson doesn't know about the solution, the spiritual solution. What's about to happen is that he is going to witness an alcoholic. He met Ebby Thatcher in 1910 at Burren Burton Seminary. Bill Wilson got there in 1909 as a child. He will meet Ebby Thatcher. Ebby and Bill do an enormous amount of drinking together. The message had depth and weight because Ebby was an alcoholic. And he is going to see that something is different about Ebby. He's going to look at Ebby coming over as an oasis because he's his binge buddy. But something very striking is going to happen. Ebby is not going to be drinking. And he's going to demonstrate for Bill Wilson his recovery. And what's going to happen is... Bill Wilson is going to find out about the recovery, the spiritual recovery. He is going to know about the allergy of the body and the twist of the mind. We don't know if Bill Wilson is going to be the first person in the world to find this out, but what we do know and what we can bet our life on is that Bill Wilson 
will be the first person in the history of Earth to take that information and he's going to move it forward. But before he does, he's going to struggle with this spiritual angle. And that's what we're about to see in this book. Very, very pivotal paragraph. And with that, I will pass. Amy, are you back? I don't know. I am back. Oh, great. All right. I'm going to pass and I'm throwing it back to you. Awesome, Harlan. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting us started. Okay. So we are now going to take people who would also like to share on this paragraph. If you could please remember to give me your first name and initial of your last name. And if you share it on Monday and Tuesday, although we value your experience, please uh, leave room for others to share um, today their experience, strength, and hope. So who would like to share on what was read? Reva P. Eva. Larry K. Larry M. Shelly CR. Shelly. Anybody else? Shami Khani. Shami. Anyone else? Okay. A great lineup. Reva P, Larry K, Colleen M, Shelly CR, Shwami Hana. Okay, Reva P, you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. You know, other than the history, the two things that struck me the most about this paragraph is, first of all, how Bill is so unmindful of Ebby's welcome and all he could think about is how they're going to be drinking together and that's such a great remember when that every event was always about the food um, if I was going to a restaurant I sort of planned backward like what was I going to have for dessert and sort of the meal was irrelevant um, it was not about the people it was not about a celebration It was about what was I going to eat, what was I not going to eat, what was I going to restrict, what was I going to add, how many calories it was. And that's a real painful remember when. And the thing that struck me a lot that I didn't think of um, until we just read this is Bill thought Ebby was an interruption, an inconvenience, because he was trying on self-will all the pages before. How many times did he try and he had a great idea and now he's going to roll up his sleeves just like I did and he's got the plan and he's got the knowledge and he's got the desire or he's got the fear and that's going to do it. And now he's sitting there, he gets a phone call, he thinks this is an interruption. This is God working in Bill's life and the ripple effect to all of us generations later. This is God coming in. And this is such a great reminder that what I think is an interruption, because I got my agenda for the day, for the hour, for the month, for whatever, and I'm going along my way and something happens, that could be God calling and saying, over here, I got the solution, or I need you over here. So I have to be awake I have to be not just physically abstinent. I have to be recovered with my channel clear. I don't know when God's calling. I don't know when what I think is a interruption is a miracle about to happen. 
Um, and I can only be awake like that if the food is down and I'm working the steps. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva. Okay, Larry Kay, your time. Hey, Amy, good morning. Thanks so much for your service. Appreciate that. So, yeah, I, I you know, this is our first introduction uh, to uh, Abby Thatcher. Um, it's interesting, in 2020, here we are, right? We're, gosh, approaching October 2020. You know, there's certain names you don't hear anymore. You don't, nobody names their baby Ebby or anything like that. You don't hear Larry too often either um, these days. But that's not me, by the way. Uh, but here's the thing. The, um, the introduction to Ebby is, is extremely important. If you're new um, it's important. We, it's almost used um, in the circles of 12-step programs. It's almost used as the person that introduces you to this way out, right? This thing that you've been suffering, you know, with, and, and in our case with food, um, Ebby is going to introduce Bill to a way out. You in 2020 will meet people that are going to introduce to you a way out. Now, I will I will say that Ebby, he uh, he 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 did drink again. Okay, but that doesn't. And so too with me, there there is somebody, one of my early sponsors, that introduced to me a way out of this madness. Eventually, got back into the food. The disease is progressive. It's a horrible disease. That man died of this of this disease. Ebby, um, but he introduced Bill to a way out, and we're going to see, you know, just how important that is because, you know, the thing about it is, is Ebby, Ebby was, what we're going to find out was, is that he wasn't drinking. He comes over. Bill, you know, he's going to find out just a little bit more about what, what is it going to take to uh, to navigate his way out of this disease. Now, one of the things that Harlan said, which is very true, and a lot of us come here, there's a great skepticism because Ebby is going to talk about how he found religion. We're going to find that out in the next uh, paragraph or two. But uh, And he's going to be turned off by that, and I was as well. I don't want to hear about spirituality I don't want as a way out. And I'm not even sure at this point that Bill wanted to put the drink down. Obviously, we're reading in this paragraph that he didn't. And I, I wasn't quite sure that I wanted to put the food down when I was first introduced. I wanted relief, no question. But I wasn't yet prepared to go through a process that would a- absolutely extricate me from the quicksand, right? So I had many ebbies. And, you, and, and the reason why this meeting, this healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting, you might not like every voice, including mine, but the reason why this is is because people are getting well. And when people get well, that's attractive. And Bill saw in Ebby the same thing that you see and hear. You mostly hear in people that are recovered today by the grace of God in these steps. And that's what is so attractive. That's why this meeting is growing when other meetings over the years, unfortunately, are diminishing. So Ebby is a fundamentally important character in the evolution of the 12 steps of of Alcoholics Anonymous and later Overeaters Anonymous. Critically important. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy.
Thank you so much. Colleen, it's your turn. Sorry, I forgot I was muted because my dog was barking. I apologize. Uh, Thank you, Larry Kay. Colleen M., please go ahead. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, everyone on the line. I kind of wanted to just claim my seat this morning, but I just think this paragraph is so pivotal for me. And um, I almost feel like Ebby got cheated. I really feel like it should be Ebby, Bill W., and Dr. Bob who started AA because you know, like like you've all said, you know, Ebby brought Bill the solution, and um, I, like uh, Larry said, have had many Ebbies in my life. But until I was ready to do the work and to put down the food, you know, I, um, you know, I couldn't recover. And listening to coming into this meeting, you know, over a year ago, and listening to the voices of recovered people and hearing the peace and the serenity and the neutrality around food was, um, you know, it, it, it comes through the phone line. Um, you hear hope um, and you hear a way out, like was said. And uh, yeah, I, I don't have much to say about it other than I am so grateful and um so uplifted by listening to everyone on this line on a daily basis and um, just God bless everyone. Have a great day and I'm going to pass. Thank you, Colleen. Okay. Shelly CR, you're up. Good morning. This is Shelly CR, recovered compulsive overeater from Northern Minnesota. Um, So what really stands out for me in this paragraph is how Bill is very, as it says, unmindful of his friend's welfare. And it's all about the alcohol, it's about the disease, it's about Bill. It's not about anyone else. And it just stands out the the level of selfishness that we as addicts and that I myself as an an addict go to. Um, And this... And, and there's, there was no recognition of that for me. Um, the level of selfishness that I was at and everything was about me, and, and therefore because everything's about me and everything's about the way that I want things, um, everything was a, a huge level of disturbance as well, um, which then in turn, you know, then I would eat more because of that because I didn't know how to handle that because, you know, it, it was me being completely selfish. So it's this big cycle. So that really just stood out to me um, that here, you know, we see that 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 recognition of that a little bit. Um, and so the the other piece that that comes out is, you know, when we talk about Ebby, it's that glimmer of hope, not that it's recognized at that point in time. Um, and I also didn't recognize at an early point earlier point in time. Uh, you know, that there was this program that was available to me. I wasn't ready for it until I was ready for it. But that's my higher powers path for me. Um, And I needed to experience certain things and things needed to get worse in order for me to get better. 
things needed to get worse in order for me to give myself fully to my higher power, in order for me to, to follow through on the actions of this program, because the actions of this program, it, it takes work. It takes work on a daily basis for me to have a daily reprieve from this disease of compulsive overeating. And I'm so grateful for that to be the case. I'm very grateful to be here this morning and for everyone on the line and for all of those who um, give service in order for this meeting to happen. Um, and with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Shelley. Okay, Swami Hana, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much, Amy, for your service. Thank you, Harlan, for stepping in and keeping the meeting rolling. Thanks, everybody, everybody, for being on this line. And um, I'm Shlomi Tanabi, and um, what really uh, sticks out to me in this paragraph is just the reminder of um, this program really being a program of attraction. And that was certainly the case um, in my personal history. Um, you know, like Bill Wilson saw Ebby well um, when I first came into the OA rooms. I saw all of these people who had recovered and were living in recovery. You know, I saw other people that didn't, but, um, but I saw plenty of people in the meetings that did. And I sat in the rooms for six years eating, um, thinking about food, binging before I went to the meetings, binging after I went to the meetings. But there was one thing that stood out consistently, and that was going to the meetings and seeing people working this program and knowing that it worked. And because I kept coming back consistently for six years, um, I kept getting fed that image and that knowledge that this program does work. I just knew that I wasn't willing to do it. But I also knew that it would work for me. I knew that. And thank God, six years later, it did work for me. And I had a long period of abstinence and recovery until I relapsed. And um, thank, 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 thank God I'm out of it now. But it's been a rocky road. But what's, what's kept me going again and again and again is knowing that this program works and also knowing that those people that have been in relapse have gotten out. I have a very good friend in my community and program who relapsed for about two or two and a half years. And uh, we have a meeting in our community, or we did, we don't anymore. And um, I was a witness every week when she came to the meeting of her relapse. And I saw her go through it, and I witnessed it. And I also witnessed her come out of relapse. I witnessed her um, gain a very, very strong program, a very strong program. I witnessed her go through an excruciating, horrible um, event with her family and stay abstinent and stay recovered. Um, and to this day, she's still in recovery. And that, to me, gives me inspiration. That gave me inspiration in my relapse, seeing that other people had been where I was and that they had survived and I knew that one day I could survive too. And I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Ramihana. Okay, so we're going to take down some new names and numbers of people who would like to share. 
again on what was read. And if you haven't shared on Monday or Tuesday, we would love to hear from you. Who is that, please? Surrey C. Sorry. Surrey C. Loretta H. Lauren Lauren N. Uh, There was someone before Loretta I could not hear. Darian. Darian K. Darian K. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. Lee H. Who H? Who H? You were breaking up. Somebody H? Lee H. Lewis H? L E E. Oh, Lee H. Okay. Dana P? All right, that's a good group right there. So I have. Surrey C, Darian K, Loretta H, Lauren N, Lee H, Irene D, and Dana P. All right, Surrey, please go ahead. Um, hi, this is Surrey C. I'm from Connecticut, compulsive overeater, not yet recovered. <laughs> Almost like you could tell by a person, uh, you know, by, by my interrupting <laughs> that, that it was more about me than about the fellowship. Um, my gosh. Um, visiting by an old friend, you know, this being a turning point of sorts. I've had people tell me that, you know, let God's get out of path, path and um, of recovery. And hearing this line, hearing, you know, how Bill has to go through self-knowledge, has the desire, has, you know, is, is tired of the fear. Um and yet just, it's, it's true. It's hearing the voices of recovery. It's showing up, knowing every day that I'm not recovered and not getting weighed, not using my lack of recovery as, a, as an excuse to not show up um, because it's the voices on this line of recovery that are inspiring, that are hopeful. It's the voice of the line of people that have relapsed and, um, and yet are back here. Um, and it's interesting because I've had somebody say to me, urgency does not create feasibility. Um, it's urgent that I recover. It's not necessarily feasible that I recover and that I undo years and years of self-knowledge and self-will um, and control around this substance, control around the food overnight. And I, I'm going to use a dramatic word, I hate the dramatic words. I hate the words where I'm where I'm allergic, where um, it, I've got this twist in my mind. But just because I hate it doesn't mean it's not true. Um, and it's those that say the words as neutrally as possible. They're not, they're not saying when when somebody says I have a twist of my mind, I have a mental twist, I am allergic. They're not saying that because. And and if you hear from a recovered person, they're saying it just just you know just like today's Sunday. Um, or today's Wednesday, right? They're not, they're not saying it dramatically. It just is. And so every day that I can just acknowledge what is and acknowledge God's, you know, spiritual path for me is another day where I don't see my salvation as an interruption, but I see it as a gift. And I see this line in every moment, um, and every choice that I've made, as confusing as it is, as long as I'm moving on this path, on this road, as a gift. And, um, I want to thank you all for for this line, and I pass. Thanks, Lee. 
thank you so much. Darian Kay, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. It's Darian Kay from the Berkshires, Massachusetts. I recovered um, compulsive overeater for today and so grateful to hear all of you. Um, I could really relate to this paragraph on two levels, actually. Um, one is that I always wanted an eating buddy, right? So it just it seemed like Bill was looking forward to having a drinking buddy. He was like, oh, you know, I remember drinking with him and having these fun adventures and, um, you know, it's just going to be a ball, you know, a whoopee party, as they said in the book later on. And, um, and yeah, I just always looked for people um, to be eating buddies with me because, I, I mean, it was really not that much fun uh, to eat with somebody that, you know, picked up their food or, you know, looked at my food and told me, oh, goodness, did you really have that, you know? And, um, yeah, just made me feel like uh, I needed to look at what I was doing, you know? Oh, gosh, no way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I remember, you know, when I met my husband, that was <laughs> something that attracted me. It was like he would have his drink and I would have my Chinese food and we would just be eating, drinking, passing out. And it was just, just a lovely Friday night every week. <laughs> um, so I relate on that that level, but I also relate, um, you know, to the fact that my sister <clears throat> was my Abby, and and she um, she brought me into this program, or at least I I went to a meeting to listen to her qualify and um, and heard the hope that OA gave to her um, being suicidal with the food and sugar and Oh, just a dark situation that turned so much brighter. And so I, um, yeah, it's just so wonderful to break these, um, this, all this information down into very small, digestible um, bites. <laughs> Pardon the pun, but it's just, it, help, it helps me so much to really um, look at my, you know, my disease and my recovery, you know, almost with a magnifying glass to see. Um, you know, where I'm at and how I can relate. And the, really the best way, I mean, readers, I, I work in school, so the readers, when they make connections to themselves or the world, they uh, understand better. And so, you know, I definitely make um, a connection to this paragraph. So thank you. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Darian. Okay, Loretta H., please go ahead. Good morning, Amy, and good morning, everyone who does service and everyone who shared. This is Loretta H., compulsive overeater, anorexic, grace with God's absence for today and recovered for today. This just reminds me that when the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. And I was so graced um, in 2001, uh, right after New Year's, that my Ebby came into my life, and she is still in recovery today she has 45 years so it worked and I guess I was just so blessed because not only was she um, spiritually fit but she was a dietitian so she actually got the allergy of the body out of my house um, on the third day of my abstinence and came in and took all the stuff that wasn't my food anymore and threw it in the garbage can I mean if that wasn't God or odd that had to be the miracle because I had tried for 54 years, whether it was tr the job I took, 
running the New York City Marathon. I tried every single, going to therapy, every single scheme to arrest this disease, and it didn't work. And here was this, and she was fresh skinned, and she was, in fact, we're about the same size, fit, fresh skinned, you know, and she tells me on mile two or three, that she's a compulsive overeater. And on mile six, she says, do you want me to take your food? And I said, I don't have any other choice. And because of that, today I have a spiritual program because my malady is spiritual. It isn't the food. That was the solution. And today I work my steps. And the irony of all of this is after I run every single day for a year and we talk program she would go to an AA meeting that was on the street that I lived on because, and she never had a drink in her life because she needed to work this program with the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Otter God, miracles, grace, all of that was my story. And today with God's grace, I can pass that story on to other people who struggle and, um, some of it's worked and some of it hasn't, but that's not up to me because God took me through this. Not that she did, but also God. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta. Lauren N., please go ahead. Lauren, press star one to unmute, please. Lauren N., are you out there? Is that you, Lauren? Okay. Well, if you're there, Lauren, maybe get you on the next, after the next person. Uh, Lee H., please go ahead. Sorry, I'm unmuted. Sorry. I Go ahead, Lauren. Okay. Boy, could I relate to that story, and and am I thankful for my Ebby. Um, Lauren, compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York, with a severe case of um, compulsive overeating. Um, I was contemplating my first bariatric surgery when I met my Ebby getting um, some binge food and she was getting coffee and boy, can I remember how she turned me on to this meeting. I came in or not this meeting, but the OA program. I came in, she left. I stayed for a while longer and then left again and had two bariatric surgeries, had lots of relapses thought I was recovered, but had never heard anything about the allergy of the body, had only thought that if I put down my goodies, that meant I was not eating sugar. I was still ingesting lots of sugar. It was just not of the same, um, it wasn't dessert items. And I thought I was abstinent for four years. And I was really white knuckling it. All these years later, I came back into the program after two bariatric surgeries and being diagnosed with diabetes, giving myself four shots a day of of insulin-type substances, and was getting ready to gain weight back after the last bariatric surgery. 
And I came back in, and thank God I found this meeting that told me about the allergy of the body. Who knew that if I gave up all the sugar, all the sweetness, that ketchup, of all things, would be really what was starting me in on this? Who knew? And now it's four years later and I haven't, over four years later and I haven't eaten sugar and I don't care if I ever have another yodel or a cupcake or a piece of cake again today, thank God, for this program. And I do a lot of work to stay in this spiritual awakening. And it's so gratefully done because I know where I could be in seconds. Thank you all for passing this message on to me. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Lauren. The eight, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Please press star one. Thanks, Amy. This is Lee H. I'm a grateful compulsive overeater from Tennessee, and I'm so thankful to have this chance to share this morning. Um, I needed to share because I sit here most mornings and just listen to everybody, and I'm so blessed by that. But um, this paragraph is definitely uh, so meaningful, especially knowing the background um, of of just how um, we led up to this, how um, what happened before the phone call. But uh, that first line, my musing was interrupted by the telephone. And honestly, my higher power has used the telephone in my life. And um, that is so key for me. And uh, I just have to laugh at, at just how Bill is is thinking, you know, his his sick mind is already, the wheels are already turning, you know, that this is going to be a binge. This is going to be uh, an oasis from all the misery that he's experienced. Um, and, you know, I just think my higher power just laughs at me because of my mind and how grateful I am that my mind is being renewed through this program. And uh, I just, I love Abby Thatcher. I love the history and I love it that Bill is just opening up his life to us in this book so that we can just see his healing, um, the process taking place. So anyway, thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Lee. All right, Irene B., please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B. from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, the spiritual solution um, coming out of my first inpatient treatment program, I had a, a Christian friend, and um, she was trying to be my support system, and she told me that what I had was a, a spiritual warfare going on, but it was a spiritual pro- problem that I had, and I was just so angry because I had found out that what I had was a disease and um, and I thought it was all hocus pocus that it was a spiritual thing 
and, 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 and the ignorance of people, the ignorance, the utter ignorance of people. Superstition is all about science. What do spiritual things have anything to do with it? And, uh, and yeah, it was spiritual because the problem is a disconnection from God, really. That's the root of the problem because with God, everything is bearable. With God, everything is workable. With God, you can have, I can have peace. I can have peace with God no matter what the circumstances. So, yeah, this is a spiritual problem. Now, what causes me to need God, that's an entirely different story. You know, um, and and the solution to, my, to, to what caused me to want food, food was the solution to the buildup of human emotions because of the craziness inside of me. And I was, I, I've said it a million times, I was out of options. I had tried everything, science, 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 therapy, and it wasn't getting me there. I would get to a point and get stuck, and I couldn't get past that point. And uh, it's like when nighttime falls, Man, nighttime is difficult because that's when I feel the feelings. I don't know what it is about nighttime, but there is something about nighttime that makes it difficult um, when I'm in the food that, that I just want to eat and eat and eat. And I just thank God that this program, okay, um, I'll just say that this program has gotten me recovered from the bulimia, not from the causes of my internal pain or the things that go on inside my head, but the allergy of, I mean, not the allergy, the obsession with the food is gone, and that is a gift, and with that I have. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eileen. Dana P., your turn. Good morning, Amy and my fellows. Uh, thank you so much for your service. Uh, I'm wow. I love the history, and I so appreciate starting out with that history and and Abby and his story. And really, I mean, he was wealthy. He had everything. He had this whole experience uh, with uh, Carl Jung. Uh, yet he did come back and use um, uh, go back into the food or alcohol, um, and I did the same thing. So many different um, experiences going back into the food. Um, and what I relate to really with the story, and, you know, here's Bill, and it was shared before about thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be my, my binge buddy, I, and we're going to have this experience uh, binging together in like old times. Well, you know, that's all I ever thought about when I was with anybody in any experience, um, going to a family outing or whatever, would I be able to maintain uh, my restrictive eating or would I go binging? And if I was going to be binging, would there be the opportunity and or place where I could um, throw up? 
and I never really thought about whether I could connect with any of those people or how, what I would have to bring to the table um, in terms of something positive, something good to share, because I was so obsessed about what, what I would be eating. Um, and another thing that came to me is that, you know, Bill was so incredibly lonely, and here is this friend reaching out to him, and he's thinking to himself, um, not about how to connect again, but how he's going to get what he needs and that he's going to find this relief in another person. And that's what I thought when I came to program. I thought, oh, I'm going to get relief uh, in, by relating to other people because here's a group of people that are just like me. And I really honestly believe that the relief would come from the people. And what I found as a result of working the steps and getting recovered, working with a sponsee, um, is that it doesn't come from other people. Sometimes it comes through people. God comes through people and speaks to me through people. But ultimately, it's about my relationship, very intimate, personal relationship with my higher power, the God of my understanding. And, and that's what Ebby had. That's what Ebby got. And Ebby lost it. Ebby lost it. And what I know is that I have to daily, daily, before my eyes are even open, focus on my relationship with my higher power in gratitude, knowing that that's what gets me through the day sober uh, from food and keeps me connected. So thank you so much and pass. Thank you so much, Dana. Okay, so we have time for I guess maybe two shares. It's like two and a half minutes or so. She would like to share. Page eight, four paragraphs. Melissa G. Melissa G. Katie V. Katie V, did you say? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, if you both take two and a half minutes. Have time to share. That'd be great. Please go ahead, Melissa G. Hi, this is Melissa G. from Michigan. Um, I think what struck me the most about the paragraph that we read was just how um, incredibly selfish we are when we are in the disease. Um, and I never would think I'm a selfish person, but as I reflected this morning as we read it, I think about my best friend at work, and I love her, and she's kind, and she's smart, and she's sweet, but she was also the person that I would eat with. We'd go out to lunch. She ate like me, um, and I remember there were times where she would try to clean up her eating, and she would be, um, you know, on track or making better choices, and I would feel offended. Like, how dare you try to get better when I'm still so sick? And looking back on that now, like, that's not what friendship is. And we come into the program and, you know, people say, make free calls, you know, connect with people. Well, how can I connect with people when I've never been able to connect with people before because I've been so selfish? And I think that's the miracle of this program is that I, I wouldn't have recognized my selfishness. And I see now, um, you know, where I'm at, the importance of actually reaching out to people. And it's not easy, because, but it's a learned behavior. 
And just like I learned to isolate and to not connect with people, I'm going to have to retrain my brain and let God retrain my brain to learn how to connect and actually invest in others. So thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. Katie B., your turn. Please go ahead. Can I be heard? I can. Very well. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Hi, this is Katie. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, Thank you so much, everyone, doing service. And um, thank you for starting us off with that history this morning, Harlan. Um, I love the way that God reaches out their hands to to pull us into this program. Um, I had been in another fellowship uh, saying every week, every three days, and it's just the food, it's the food. I keep binging and I can't stop and I don't know what to do and it's getting worse. And miraculously, someone walked in the doors and I got connected with this person and she was like, you can come to OA if you ever want to. And I was like, no, 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 I can't put the food down. It's not for me. I can't do this. Um, this is my thing. I've had this forever. No one understands. It's only my thing. And I woke up one morning from a binge and I called her and I said, you have to take me with you. And she, she had been waiting for me. And it's, it's just amazing. The history of Evie coming to Bill W and everything that had to happen before, everything had to happen before to my friend to bring her to me, to bring me to OA. And now I can be that to somebody else who's suffering. I can say, hey, I see you. Do you want to come with me? And it's just, it's beautiful what we have and what we can share. And um, I I think that's it. So thank you so much. I pass. Thank you so much. KEV, perfect timing. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared Please join us for another second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of the newcomer greeter. The share ID for today's meeting, Wednesday, September 30th, 2020, is 15,456. That's 15456. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Reva, would you mind please reading a vision for you? Hi, this is Reva P., Grateful Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.